It's the show that makes us talk. What is the difference between a teacher and a train? Uh, I don't know what. One says spit your gum out and the other one says choo choo. <laughs> what about our life? With Chris and Will. That was a great recharge meditation song. Are you recharged? Yeah. You should be, because it's another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. How are you? Hi. This week, we're talking about life, energy, and change. Yes. One of them could be very much fear. The other one could be very enjoyable. They can both be very enjoyable. So that's what we're talking about this week. But first, let's talk about life energy. You know, what what gets you moving? The first thing that comes to mind, not all the time, but exercising. Yes. I feel like that sometimes when you do even the briefest little bit of exercise, it pumps up the blood and it just really gets you going and circulating and Enjoying things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Vitamins I love. That yes. helps. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yoga and meditation. Those are two things. Yes. Helps you get out of the calm and the relaxation of whatever's going on in your, your life. You know, another key thing that I, I, when I was thinking about yoga and meditation, never done them, of course, but I will. I will. Is a good thing is to take a social media and technology vacation. Uh-huh. You know, and sometimes it's just turning off the phone, not turning it back on, staying off of Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, or staying offline, period, and just sitting outside or watching um, or not even watching a movie, just sitting outside and almost quiet and just letting out the um, the need for social media and the, the anxiety of wanting to log in. It's just that calm of nature. You yes. know, looking at the serene stuff that's there and just being happy. I think when you take that that breathing vacation, you are starting to appreciate life better. Yeah. Because if you if you kind of go outside and you just sit and watch the birds and you just sit and just watch the wind or the the stillness of the plants or whatever it may be, you're appreciating life a little bit better because that's life too. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a calm of life. You know, I always 
wondered, you know, if we lived our life uh, as nature presented itself to us, would we our life be this calm? Yeah. You know, it's a very good question. So you have to learn to appreciate life mm-hmm. and you get energy. When you let go of negativity, you get energy and it's positive energy. And you have to train your mind. There's a big one. You have to train your mind to to do things in a certain way. And, you know, and that's always hard to do. And sometimes it's easy to do. And you have to accept the right and the wrong and the mistakes and everything else that goes with it. What about uh, love? Here's a good one for energy. Yeah. I mean, and that's giving. Yes. So if you're giving, then, hey, what's going to happen? You're going to, at the appropriate time, you'll receive. You ever notice when people say that, you know, oh, I love this or I love that or something of that nature. And you always wonder, do you really love it? Or is this, is that just a phrase? Exactly. Yes. Because, you know, if you love to be entertained, which entertaining yourself is always a plus because you're going to find that good positive energy for yourself because you're entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a kid, I used to, I used to play zoo a lot. I used to go and collect the little plastic zoo animals yeah? that you could buy. Uh-huh. And I would go near a tree and I would build this little zoo and I would pretend it was real. A lot of people thought it was funny, but for me, it was energy. It was positivity. I was escaped into my own world. So I found entertainment. And then, you know, same thing you get with music, same thing you yeah. get with movies and television and it's all kind of like technology, but you can still be entertained just by sitting out in life and just watching uh, nature. Another thing that I love to be entertained when you go out in public and you people watch. Yeah. You mm-hmm. people watch. That I used so to do that. I used to do that. Uh, sit on a street corner and just watch the street cleaners go by or the, you know, just whatever's happening. Yeah. It's funny because then you start to pick out the things that, oh, I shouldn't do that. I should never wear that. What the hell are they doing? You know, <laughs> people watching is so much fun, especially at theme parks. Try it sometime. Yeah. Traveling is another great, inter- is another great yes. energy. Yes. When you go, um, when you're flying in an airplane, you know, and let's say that, yeah, maybe, yeah, now you can watch uh, TV and movies and stuff. But maybe if you just want to look out the window and just have that moment, you're up in the sky. Yep. And- it's kind of like New Year's resolutions in a, in a sense. You know, every year I think everybody sets a goal for themselves. But they really don't stick to it in a sense. You're setting yourself up to change. Consistency. And yes. Yes. You're setting yourself up to change. So why not go with the change? Remember, the change is never easy. It's always going to be hard. But if you dedicate yourself to that change, um, you'll you'll master that New Year's resolution one way or another. Creating a hobby is another good good energy. Yeah. It, it's your escape. It's that therapy. It's whatever you need to get out of whatever you're going through in life. We always go through something in our life. We all do. But remember, there's nothing in life that we can't get through. Mm -hmm. There's always something. And that's the same thing with faith. No matter what kind of faith or fate you believe in, it's always going to come to your rescue because it's how you designed it. And it's how you envision it. And it's how you build it. And it's how you, you want it to be. If if fate is a penny, then that's your golden rule. That 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 is your way of getting through life. So it's it's all about faith. Helping others is another good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes that's some people's therapy. Gardening, Disney, video games, all kinds yes. of different ways. Whatever yes. it takes for you to create your energy, that's where you need to be, and that's where you need to find yourself. Because finding positive energy gets you through no matter what it is that you're going through. 
So yeah, life energy. Yeah. There's so many things that life has given to us and things that we create that we can help ourselves get to the next, um, the next thing, you know, uh, Olympians, that's great. It's a sport, but you know what? We're all Olympians when it comes to life because yeah. we go through obstacles and we manage to get through them and we're always heading for the gold and that's the way you get good positive life energy. So set yourself up for some good life energy and most importantly, find a way to change. Yes. Absolutely. Change is key. You take away negative thoughts. Don't identify any thought as negative because it's just a thought. Who told you it's negative? It's just a thought. You're making it up, maybe you like it. What's the problem? If you understand it's just a thought, it has no power. If you think it's a reality, then it destroys you. <laughs> it's just a thought, isn't it? Is it true that you made up the thought? No? Ah, it's… you're having doubts about it because you are not thinking, you have a mental diarrhea happening. Yes, it's simply happening. Thinking means… the word thinking means you are exercising your thought process consciously, isn't it? Yes? Thinking means you are doing something consciously. Right now this is in a state of mental diarrhea, it's just pouring all the time. Now, what is negative about it, what is positive about it, what is negative is it's happening unconsciously, that is what is negative, not the content. You thought about a devil, that's negative, you thought about a god, that is positive, there's no such thing. It is the most negative thing that's happening right now is it's happening unconsciously. That is what is negative about it. And uh, a whole lot of people have destroyed themselves trying to stop those thoughts that they think are negative. And they try to fight them in so many different ways. You create these things and then you fight them. It's your thought. You must be able to throw it and roll it back whenever you want, isn't it? You must be able to roll it out and roll it in as you want. But right now, your own ghosts have become so big that you want to fight them. If you win, you're really lost because something that is not true, if you fight and win it, you have really lost it, isn't it? So there is no such thing as negative and positive thought. Either it's a conscious thought or it's a diarrhea. So, how to stop this? See, suppose you're having diarrhea, gen… physical diarrhea. First thing to do is, every other treatment is next. First thing to do is stop eating bad food, isn't it? Hmm? Something caused diarrhea. First thing is stop eating bad food, whatever caused this, stop that. This is the first thing you must do. Right now the bad food is just this. You identified yourself with something that you are not. Now you can't stop your thought process, do what you want. You do any mantra you want, think of any god you want, do whatever the hell you want. 
The moment you identify yourself with something that you're not, you cannot stop your mind. That was a great speech about taking away negative thoughts, increasing your positive life energy, and of course, change by the guru himself. Yeah, lots of... Very interesting points of views. I yes. use those points of views a lot, a lot. Always remember them, always. So now we're going to go into change. Let's talk about change, something people hate, something people do not like. You know, change is like getting out of your comfort zone. You're comfortable with something, you keep doing it. But then when it's time to change, it's requiring you to get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've always been told getting out of your comfort zone is not always a bad thing. Taking risks in life is not always a bad thing. To be progressive in life, you have to move. You have to do something. You have if to you keep build. still, then you're going to go yeah. nowhere. We, we don't have magic wands, folks. We really, really <laughs> don't. And you know, the one thing that about Kirsten Will is, is no matter how many times people bring us down, which they always do, mm -hmm. or they tell us that we need to be this way or we need to be that way, we always just let it go through one ear and out the other and say, we're going to do it our way. Yeah. And we always do it our way. And we do get help and we do get assistance and never be afraid to have that help and have those friends that actually are real because that's really what's important in life is, is <laughs> yeah. finding your team, find your team. You have to have a successful team. So let's go back into uh, change a little bit. Being different is okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to, because uh, here, great example. If you and five other people are wearing the same exact outfit and you go out in public, you are going to feel uncomfortable because you're not going to want to fit in with those those other four or five people. Why? Because even though you may know them mm -hmm. or you don't know them, you don't want that much association with them. You still want to be different. So you choosing to wear a different outfit or changing it up, that's being different. So that means it's okay. So if you already accepted to be okay by being different, no matter what it is, you're creating your style. And that's what's important. Your life is your style. Your image is your style. And the best thing about style is it can always be changed. That's right. Yeah. Good it point. Always mm -hmm. can be changed. So an image, not necessarily because an image is always going to be real and true forever because people are always going to think of you that way. Yeah. But then if there's those types that are like keeping up appearances, you know, keeping up with their image, so to speak, it's going to eat them alive. It is. And that's why I'm saying if you choose style over image, yes. you'll have the ability to where people won't see you as the same way every time. And then when you try to alter it, they're going to come back and say, that's not you. Mm -hmm. That's not you. So don't allow them to create an image, create, allow them to create a style. And they're going to say, mm, well, that's, that's, that's their style. That's what they do. I mean, they'll never stay to the same thing because we don't. We don't. We live our life like that. Mm -hmm. Being your own therapy. That's a good one. Uh, wow. Being your uh, own therapy. Uh, Be your own therapist. Talk to yourself. Find that minute to sit there and associate with yourself to find the differences between right and wrong. That's important. Own those responsibilities. Be your own king or queen, whatever it is. Yeah. Be your own therapy. Find your way to get through it. If that means that, again, your way to get through it is glass of wine and watching Netflix, there's your <laughs> therapy. If that means going outside, banging on something or, or planting something, that's your therapy. Find your therapy, build your own therapy and be your own therapist. It's cheaper. Yes. It's cheaper <laughs> and it works better because you're, you're having a conversation with your mind and your body. 
Those are two things that Kristen will always do. And know your future. Know your future. Know that you don't want to be stuck where you're at. Know where you want to be. You'd like to be and go for it. If you, if you know that you don't want to be stuck in this one little spot, then don't let that be your future. Know your future. Envision your future. And I guarantee you, your own fate, whatever you believe in, will give it to you as long as you put your energy into it. Wow. Um, learning to accept change. Yeah. yeah. Again, being different is not bad. It is okay. So by accepting doesn't mean you're right and wrong. That just means, okay, I got you. It is what it is in a lot of different ways. You know, that's a good way to do it. Wanting to change, you have to be open-minded. You know, life goes, life, life changes all the time, you know, and we don't have a, we don't have a rhyme or reason why it doesn't, you don't need the reasons. So go find your life, find, find it and frame yourself. Yeah. And what I mean about frame yourself is put yourself in a picture frame and look back at it, which you could use a mirror or whatever, and ask yourself if that's enough. Mm. Is that enough? Is there something on in that picture that should be different than change it? So put yourself in but a But don't look frame. at it as it needs to be changed and different because of an alternative um, thought process. Uh, do it because, change it because that's what you yeah. really you want. Know, you, yeah, you have to find, Don't do it for somebody else. You do have it for to yourself. see the whole picture in yeah. everything in life. See the whole picture first before you, you should never make judgments. You should never yes. make assumptions. You uh -huh. should just- do what you got to do. And sometimes we oopsies and like to make judgments and get frustrated at different things. Just take a chill pill and vent it out to somebody or slap yourself in the face and say, get over it. Whatever the case may be, <laughs> do what you got to do. But always remember when you're doing the change, love it. Yeah, Love it. No matter if it crashes or it's bad, just love it because that means you've stepped out of your comfort zone and that's what change is all about. And don't forget to live. Go out, yes. enjoy life. You're not dead. And you're not planning to be dead. Life is not going to give you a, a timer and say, go do this. Go live. Yes. Sometimes it's hard when we have certain things going on in our life, including illnesses and so forth. But just remember, if if the doctor tells you you're not going to walk in three years, remember, you can change that. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you can be your own difference. And you can make that change and your body will follow. It can. You've got to trust your inner self. And you can't let anybody or anything take that away from you. Exactly. You know, cook with feeling, you know, perform yeah, with feeling, draw uh -huh. with feeling, play a video game with feeling. Yes. Whatever you do, love what you do and like what you do. That's again, watching it in a frame, you know, what, you know, you're talking about a frame and it's sort of directing your own movie because your own movie is your life. So well, if you look at it through the camera lens, that's how you. Well, we've talked about that before yeah. about writing your own book. And, you know, if you find it to be interesting, then, you know, you're doing well. But if you don't like it, then, you know, it's all life is going to have dramatic. There's no doubt about it, but it's going to have happy moments, too. We all go through shit, mm -hmm. but we can get out of shit if we just try to make that difference. And it's hard. It really, really is. But be the change. Um, how do you change? Accepting that you're going to change. That's how you change. You accept that you're going to change and you accept that it's going to be different. And it's Good not a forced thing. It's you have to, yeah. it has to be natural. Yeah. We've gone through that a lot guys. Mm -hmm. And that's how we've gotten through our many ups and downs is finding our team, trusting yeah. our team and sticking with our team. It's our inner circle. 
you know, it, it at the at the end of the day, if <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you have to sit there and go. If you were the last human beings on the earth and it was nothing but water and you had nothing but sharks underneath you, who are you going to put in that boat? You know, I mean, that's the key thing. Who are you going to put in that boat with you? Yeah. You know, because you got to trust that this person ain't going to eat you or throw you overboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, so keep your inner circle close. But today we are talking all about energy with our special guest, Jared Hewitt. Yay! You know, Jared is has a current book out. It's called The Answer of Energy. The Answer is Energy. Entry. Answer is Energy. Yes. Uh, number one on Amazon. Woo-hoo. Number six on the USA Today. And he sold more than 20,000 copies in a month when it first came out. Amazing. That's crazy. Um, he's sometimes been called an energy expert. Uh, an awaker of souls, a catalyst of high-level vibration, a bridger of consciousness. Yes. And he's changed millions of lives around the world. And, you know, he's also does a lot of voice for the Disney Channel. Oh, amazing. Isn't that great? Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to talk to Jared. Jared is our special guest today. So we're going to give Jared a call. So sit back, relax. Jared Hewitt is coming up. Welcome, best-selling author, Jared Hewitt. Hi, Jared. How are you? Hey, Willie. I'm doing fantastic today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing amazing. So much. I'm so grateful for you asking. Thank you. You're very welcome. Amazing is good. I, I'm, I'm happy with amazing. I hope everybody out there is doing amazing today. And if you're not, we're going to get you there. Hopefully Absolutely. By the the well, you know, we have to say we are excited about this because we, we – Finally got to reading the book last night. Wow. And 
let me just tell you a lot of things that we kind of already practice, but a lot yeah. of interesting ways to add to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, totally. You know, so first off, let, I, what I'm, before I go into the book, let's let's talk about how did how did you first discover that you had such a gift? I was born. <laughs> I, my mother and father got together. Um, so, you know, as a kid, I think a lot of kids have, and I even, like my god kids, I remember um, one of my friends, Ashley, she came to me and she said, you know, Taylor is talking to, uh, this is one of my goddaughters, she said, Taylor is talking to someone, and I don't know if it's someone real or not. Uh, yeah. how, do you, how do you tell? You know, and a lot of kids have that experience. And right. I think for a long time, my parents just thought, I, there's, there's an experience like this day, my mom recalls very vividly where I was talking to her about um, this woman, and I shared all these details with her, and she, you know, to this day, she thought that that was just this dream kind of inspired by a Scooby-Doo episode. Um, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, no, this woman was around me for like a year, Mom. Like, this was a, a real deal. Uh, so it was just something that was, you know, normal for me until it, you hit that age where, people start to tell you, oh, you're imagining that that's not real. And then I realized, oh, this isn't, okay, suddenly it's not normal, and these they're not seeing what I'm seeing. And, you know, you start to have the, uh, you know, as, as a kid you grow up, and it's you start to learn, like, oh, me, my, I, and you kind of right. have that, like, mine. And uh, so it, it's, it's kind of the same way with consciousness. And as I started to become aware of, you know, other, and then, oh, other people also have their perspective, and other people uh -huh. are aware of things. Uh, or not aware of things that I'm aware of. And um, so very early on, I, I knew and I saw those things, but it was like, oh, that's great, you know, but it was kind of played off. And then as I grew up, they realized, oh, he's really seeing things. Uh, and then, then it was like, you need to shut up. Like, like yeah. it was really not accepted at all. It was very... Um, it feared and like you, like I was like the creepy kid from the Omen or something. They were like, right. you know, oh. yeah, get in the corner, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was they didn't, and it was strange because my mom, like, there's a history of this through through her side of the family, um, but she really didn't want anything to do with it and thought that if she just kind of like distanced herself from her relatives and all of that, like it would, right. you know, it would go away. Like it wasn't, you know, and uh, but my sister, my sister is actually a psychologist, but she she actually is very, uh, she'd probably be mad at me for saying this on the air, but she has the same stuff. I mean, she can see things. Uh -huh. She She's very intuitive. Um, it, as a matter of fact, she called me the other day. She was in an elevator, and uh, there was like a, an 11-year-old girl in the elevator with her, and my sister had had this song going in her head all day long, and the little girl looked at her and started singing the tune, and she was like, it oh, was wow. from that Denzel Washington movie where, you know, like the, uh, the, the thing like yeah. keeps passing, they're singing, and she was like, I was so freaked out, but she's like, I just knew this little girl had the gift. Um, uh -huh. And so, uh, anyway, it, it, so it, 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 it was one of those things where I knew all along, uh, but the older I got, the more it was, it was really, like, drilled into me that, you know, freak! Um, right. And it, it, it took its toll, like, mentally, emotionally, physically, because it was just like, wow, just by being born, I'm some kind of abomination and abnormality. Wow. And, um, wow. you know, that's a weird, that's a, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of people that deal with, I mean, a lot of other things that, you know, it's all perspective and relative, but things that, that are more serious out in the world, because, I mean, I could just hide, the, you know, I mean, I could just shut up and not do anything, but internally, the strife and the struggle, um, it's a, you know, I think it's a common archetype where we feel like we have to suppress or repress or we can't be who we are. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing. Wow. So what would you say, uh, would, what would you say was the reason why you, 
wanted to write this book. The book is The Answer is Energy. So tell me what made you want to write this book. So this book is, is a, um, a combination of kind of everything that I've been teaching for the last 15 years. I know I sound like I'm 12, but I'm in my 40s now. <laughs> That's okay. Um, no worries on that one. <laughs> um, that's the old Disney stuff. Like, that's uh-huh, you know, yep. I've got to get that, the kid stuff. Um, so the, uh, the impetus was having a lot of people, especially now. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's always been people that are awakening and seeking and wanting to know what can I do to make my life better. And for the longest time... Uh, it seemed like such a struggle because the sort of, I'll call it the consciousness movement, um, uh-huh. it was sort of like if you just put a happy face on it or if you just, you know, do your vision board and think about it and yep. think the happy mm-hmm. thoughts. And and people were like, but I'm still miserable. But I but I don't want to admit that I'm miserable because then people will, and then I'll just create more misery. And I so it was like this big, people would, you know, you'd meet people or they'd come to me and they'd be this big ball of internal strife and anger and misery, <clears throat> but they wouldn't be able to express it. And so... Right. The book was like, okay, these are all the things that I've been teaching about for the last 15 years. I I do uh, 21-day programs. I started them out as 30-day, kind of condensed them. And, you know, I do uh, programs on money or relationships or, you know, and we have relationships to everything. So whether it's our career or our inner child or, you know, our parents, our spouses, all of, you know, the world around us, God, connectedness, uh, just how we feel in our life. And so uh, looking at how everybody, you know, was in the world today and just kind of the noise that can be out there. Um, and that people are having a very hard time being able to just center themselves and find, you know, this is me, this is my empowerment, this is my voice, this is my authenticity, this is what it is to feel loved and connected and supported and nurtured, and I don't have to tune into all of that that other stuff. I don't have to buy into the noise. I don't have to be the noise. I don't have to contribute to the noise. Um, I can have my own identity. I can be who I am and contribute to the world in ways that I didn't even really know I can awaken my purpose um, so that was my impetus to writing the book. It was kind of like, um, you know, when you're walking down the street and you see somebody and you smile. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I know for the longest time in L.A. it was weird because people would, like, look at you and, like, avert their eyes and be like, why are you smiling at me? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, oh, yes. I don't know. Uh, it's like when, when, you can, when you can make eye contact with somebody and they smile back, it's like, you know, you have, there's a connection. And, like, the, the world has just become, like, a better place for two people, even if it's just this instantaneous strange occurrence uh-huh. um, and it was like you know what if we put that out into the world there's there's so much you know other stuff but it's like okay it's kind of this is a gross analogy but it's like there's a pool and there's a lot of people that are peeing in the pool <laughs> so what yeah. if we what if we what if we make a new pool and uh you know we just we we just fill it with some love and we teach people ways to care about themselves and ways to really um understand the way they think and why they think that way you know for the longest time i didn't understand who i was and then i realized uh-huh. If I'd have been born 15,000 miles away to a different family and socialized differently and, you know, different socioeconomic and all of these things, who would I be? You know, would I be the same person? Would I not? What's, what's me? What are the stories? Would I grow up? Right. Uh, you know, what, all of that stuff. And so the book is just to really help people um, at, a, at a sort of basic and fundamental level start to explore who they are in a way that also gives them an experience. There's little meditations at the end of each chapter. Um, that just kind of because you can tell somebody something, but to give you the experience of it, that actually like grounds it into your body. It's a space where you can feel like, oh wow, I get it. You know, you have that experience. Right. And so it was just, it really was just to you know put some love out in the world and to put something out that could help people really find their way home to who they are and to their connectedness to to the world, to the universe, to God, 
uh, you know, whatever that means to them, but to really be able to, to find that stillness for themselves and, and to, to remember who they are and, and, and what it is they want to create and do with their lives. And I like that it has little, it has meditation exercises after each chapter. I like that. It's Yeah, that was, that's kind of, um, like I said, it was, you know, it's one thing to kind of go through something like, say, like, you know, who am I or, or talk about, you know, genetic beliefs or money or whatever. And you go, oh, okay, those are some good ideas, or I kind of understand that experience. But then to just be able to go through and, and do a little bit of an affirmation, but to put it in the form of like, I am, and get into the space of breathing it in and feeling it, that's right. just the space where like it allows your body to actually go, oh, okay, because it's, it's not, you know, the reason for the longest time people would say, okay, visualize. Well, it's not because it puts the picture in your head and you go, oh, now I have like a goal, and that's kind of the, the mind working. But you want to engage the heart because you want to also engage your feeling center. And that's a space that a lot of us have kind of buried and put down because, you know, that's where our trauma is stored a lot of times, and we kind of oh. don't want to go up and revisit that. But right. if we can start to fill that space or activate it with love and what it feels like, like I said, to be seen and safe and heard and expressive and, and to be received in that way, it allows us to open up back into, you know, that, that sort of uh, come as the child, you know, into the kingdom. And it, it, it lets us come back into a space of like, wow, you know what, it's okay for me to go out and create and to be inspired and to do whatever it is I want to do. Even if, you know, for me, you know, creation, whether it was in entertainment, whether it was voiceover or business or, I mean, everybody's inspired in different ways. You know, some people, their their actual inspiration might be, you know, trading stock. I have a little brother and that's what he loves to do. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, you know, that's his jam. Uh, other people, it's, you know, out painting. It's it, But we all have these things and if we can truly follow that inner bliss and that inner calling, um, everything has an interesting way of working itself out in our lives. It's, it's when we kind of, like if I would have done what I thought I was supposed to do, I'd probably be 300 pounds overweight, bald, and on my fourth or fifth marriage, wow. uh, you, know, you know, dead dead of a heart attack. You're talking about that, and there have been so many times that I've questioned myself. I've said, okay, I need to do things a certain way. And when you just gave that, um, that example or story, I, what was going through my head is, wow, I, I can understand that totally, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally like, that's, that's kind of what pushed me into doing what it is I do. Because like I said, I was raised that, you know, if I, I'm a freak show, like don't, that's not what I want to do. And so I tried to hide as long as I could. And I mean, right. up until I was about 25, I lived, you know, I mean, I was uh, I was diagnosed in my teens with PTSD, agoraphobia, depression, anxiety. So it was like life for me was not uh, fun. And I remember about age 25, I was laying in bed and I just thought, like, I'm dead. Like, I'm dead as a uh-huh. person. I'm dying on the inside. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yep. what's the worst? If I'm already dead, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm just going to physically die? All right. You know, like I was mad at the universe, mad at God, mad oh. at everything. <laughs> So I was like, yeah. all right, I'm I'm just, you know, throwing it all up there, middle fingers up, like, what do I want to go do for the next month before I actually kick the bucket? And right. it took me a little while to start really embracing myself and what I knew and, and versus like, because it was kind of like everybody had convinced me, like, well, it's just, you know, that's in your head, but you need to follow all these books and you need to do what I say and you need to do this and this. Right. Um, but the more I got away from all of that, and there were still times in my life. I mean, at that point and a little bit after that, I was like $90,000 in debt. And it uh-huh. wasn't student loan debt. I mean, it was like credit card debt. This was like right, you know, right. 30% APR back in the day. So, I mean, I was I was swimming in it at one point. And I just had to say, you know what? 
clearly what I'm doing is not working. Um, and I just kind of, in a way, gave up, but not in like the, you know, like, oh, I quit, like, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. But it was like, I need to really change who I am and make some make some tough decisions and look at myself in the mirror and say, who, who do I want to be? But also, who am I? And why am I the way I am? What's gotten me here? Because clearly what's gotten me here is not working for me anymore. But if I can understand what my motivation has been, I can now change it and I can become something new. And, and that's what I did. Wow. So what would you say the best advice would be uh, in implementing change? I, this sounds really hokey, but it really is true. And, and it's something we all work with every day. It's love yourself. And to love yourself, you have to understand yourself. And to understand right. yourself, part of that is to forgive yourself. And so I, I know all of those sound like little platitudes, but when you really get into them, um, it's deep stuff because you realize, wow, there's places where I've been carrying around, you know, I've been wronged or um, mm -hmm. I'm guilty for wronging someone else. And we carry all this deep stuff. And one of the things that I often will ask someone, especially if they're really, really in, in a reactive state, is and and sometimes I don't you know if you can be honest sometimes we 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 say this other answer but I'll say you know would you rather be right or happy and oh, there's my dog um, <laughs> but it's uh, she she's going yep let's be happy so but, yep. but it really it really comes down to would you rather be right or would you rather be happy and right. when you can actually choose to be happy what happens is the need to be right goes away and everything that comes with that starts to dissolve. So the, the great irony is when you're trying, when you're living that life from that place of where you're trying to be right, and, and when, you, when I say you're trying to be right, you can also be trying to make right somebody else's story. You know, we honor our parents, right. we honor our teachers, we honor all of these things by trying to live that life that we were told we were supposed to live. So we're trying to be right, and we think that by being right, it'll make us happy. And the whole world is walking around miserable and not understanding why they're not happy because, well, I'm working the job, I'm making the paycheck, or I'm not making the paycheck, but I'm doing everything that I was told I was supposed to do, so I'm doing it all, quote, right. And it's like, well, what if you were just happy instead? And sometimes being happy means really chucking a lot of what we thought was who we are um, because who who that person is is based on a house of cards. You know, we've built that castle on sand, and that foundation isn't really us. And so it's about getting back to who we are, which is why I said love yourself. And to love yourself, you've got to really understand yourself and forgive yourself for some of the things that either you've done or that have been done to you. Um, and that doesn't mean that when you forgive other people, you're saying, hey, you know that time that you abused me? Good job. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but it just means that you're no longer, you know, you're no longer drinking that poison expecting it to kill them, you know, you're, right. you're, you're, you're just saying, Hey, I'm not going to hold this toxicity in on my side anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm letting this go because it's damaging to me. Right. And you know, and you're totally right. Cause we, I use that practice all the time. And you know, I, one of the key things I always say is what may work for me may not work for another person. And in a lot of people were asked, well, but it's so similar. I go, yeah, but I'm me and you're you. So there yeah. are, we may have similarities, but we still have differences. And how I view how I get out of things is may not be exactly the way you're going to see it. And, yes. you know, so. That, and that's so important, too, because I, I there that's where a lot of people try to do that, like one size fits all. And, uh -huh. I, you know, I get tons of questions like that. And people will go, well, what about this? And I mean, I can very easily say, OK, for this person this is what's happening, you know, looking at the energy, looking at the background, looking at everything, but you have to take every single person as, as the individual of who they are, because we all have, 
you know, we are our all, we are each our own sort of complex matrix of of belief systems and experiences. And, you know, that it's like ingredients in a soup. You know, we all have yeah. different things in that broth. And, and what <laughs> somebody may have a little bit of something different in their in their sauce or their soup. And uh, if you add a certain ingredient to that, that, you know, it worked over here, it might completely spoil the batch over here. And so, yeah, we that's the other thing is I, I love that you said that because it's really important to understand that we are all individuals and we can't we can't sort of have that thing where we have the expectations of, well, this is how it is for everybody, bar none. You know, right. it's, it's important to be able to look at everybody and say, hey, you know what, we are all, we are all in this having an experience. And, and that's, that was a really important thing for me to learn with forgiveness. Like with my mm-hmm. own family and my parents in that situation, it was, it was actually realizing, and it, it took kind of growing up and realizing like, oh, I'm just still a kid in a big person's body. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And looking mm-hmm. at it. Looking out at adults nowadays, and you know who are like you know raging, or you know you look at the TV and you're like, whoa, you know what's going on with people? But you realize, you know, these are just people that are doing the best they can based off of the stories and experiences they've had, and they're still operating from their wounds too. And right. you know that that doesn't mean it's you know okay to go punch somebody in the face, um, but it means like okay, I get that they have a set of stories, and if we can address their needs as an individual. Uh, and I think that's something that we've kind of lost as a society is the ability to really care for people just just yes. in that capacity. And I agree. And, okay, so clarify something for me because sure. I think we're kind of on the same line. Um, and I, obviously we'll have the differences with it. But, of course, Willie himself here has been dealing with uh, CPTSD for a little while. So mm-hmm. my struggle that I've been having and the fight that I've been having is – therapist and every time he goes to see a therapist or a psychologist anybody in that field the one thing that i'm always trying to get them to to do before he even goes in there is tell them said look you are going to have to individualize willie you can't just jump in for what you normally do and what you normally know you're going to have to figure where he's at and figure where his problem is because they keep coming up with all these different issues and and the last one that he went and seen, it was it was literally a joke because she kept going, well, this is your issue. It's hard to be like this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. you're missing the point that he's fine with that. It's this is where his issue is. No, no, no. I'm the therapist. It's like, well, I know him more than you do. But yeah. So is it Let me... do you think that am, am I right to say that therapists should be individualizing each person? Oh, I, I absolutely believe that. Um and so, for example, let me let me pull these up here, and I'll I'll give you an example of kind of some of the ways, because I've got like a a cheat sheet of just some of the notes that I take, you know, like when I'm uh-huh. I'm doing things or meditating. So, somebody may come to me and they may say, um, you know, I've got a, a relation or it, it, not relationships. Maybe they're working on uh, money, for for instance. Uh-huh. And I'll say, okay, so I want to start with uh, your experience with warm, loving relationships. And they'll go, no, 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 I'm here to talk to you about money. So if they were to go to somebody else, they might say, okay, well, let's look at, you know, just your business models. Well, when I'm looking at somebody, I'm like, okay, well, you're here to talk about money, but we've got to look at about warm, loving relationships because if you can't trust people, then ultimately everybody you're working with is out to get you. Therefore, a part of you is out to get you. Therefore, you can't trust yourself. 
So we've got to look at what that means around your career. And then so we might get into that, and then that might lead us into, okay, there's a part of you that doesn't feel safe to express because when you express, and this can be this life or, you know, I mean, I get into energy, so past lives and things like that. When Mm -hmm. I express, um, I'm destroyed. And so there's a part of you that anytime you get big, you have to immediately recoil or else a part of your soul engages in this fight or flight. So, yeah, so whenever I work with somebody, it's always – so I very much – yeah, I'm. We're right in alignment with that. There's, I don't think. You know, I think I. I love therapy. I mean, it saved my life. I've. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm a right. big proponent of it. Um, but and on, I'll. I'll say this too. My little sister. We have conversations, and she'll be like, "I have this one patient. I have no idea what to do." Um, without violating HIPAA laws or anything like that. But she'll say, "You know, this is kind of the scenario. What's your take on that?" And I'll kind of give her maybe a different, you know, spin than she right. does because I, I don't think it's like I said, it's not a one size fits all. We all have, you know, you can call it a soul blueprint if you want, mm-hmm. um, right. but we have all of those different things. And, you know, like I said, that person might, you know, might be, well, I just came to talk to you about money. And here we are talking about, you know, a core belief that says, even though I love you, I'm threatened by you and I'm glad to get rid of you. And this goes back to God and power and money and relationships. So I just can't let anything in and I have to push it all away. And holy crap, I didn't know we were, you know, it's, and they just thought they were coming because they had a problem with, you know, setting up a business. But all of these things, that's why I said we have a relationship to every aspect of our life. And you have to look at each person as an individual and then really take sort of a blueprint of who they are and what the energy is. And it, the, the best example I can use is kind of, it's a dated reference, but like the Matrix, you know, where everything has its own sort of signal, like floating down that scene with Neo at the end, where he, like yeah. in the first one where he sees everything. Everybody uh-huh. sort of has that in their belief systems. And we all have like a computer. We all have those programs running. And what happens Oftentimes, we'll have two different things running at the same, you know, it's really like 500 million things, but they, they'll collapse on each other, or they will, they'll contrast or contradict. And so we have to sort of figure out, okay, what in me is fighting other parts of me, wow. and where, where are my aspects not fitting together? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a part where, you know, science and therapy, and I think all of these things are... Uh, kind of catching up and catching on as quantum uh-huh. physics, you know, because I know a lot of times you'll say quantum physics and people will go, oh, that's that hooey stuff. But then yeah. there'll be some huge breakthrough and people will go, oh, you know, it's kind of like if you took an iPhone back to 1800s, you know, you'd be burned at the stake. Um, right. then, you know, <laughs> cut, you know cut, cut to 200 years later, people go, oh, yeah, science, duh. Um, so, you know, I think as we, it's, you know, if you go in to get an EKG, what is that? You know, they're just reading your energy uh, and and checking things out. You know, you can go in and uh, they can put little nodules on your head and show you scary pictures, and they can read fluctuations in your brain waves. So, you know, medical, medicine, science, whatever you want to call it, they know that we have bioelectrical fields and energy fields and all of these things. This is just um, another way of looking at, okay, there are ways to understand the output and the input of, of how our, our our systems, our biological systems work in relation to thoughts and feelings and, and kind of how we're structured as human beings. Which, again, was part of why I wanted to put this book out, because I've had other books that get really, really um, in-depth, and I think some people are missing that foundation to kind of be able to understand it. And so this was like, this one's simple. It's daily. You know, you can do one a day, or you can read them all in the bathroom or whatever you want to do. But it's just a nicer way to be able to get in touch and be like, okay, you know, life is... Life is good, and I I can start to slowly remember and build the momentum back up to being who I want to be, and and really feel empowered by that. Yeah, yeah. 
Did that make sense? That oh, like completely, I... completely. <laughs> yeah, it's just been a, it's been a battle, and it's been months of, to the point to where I just got to the point to where the last therapist, I'm like, okay, I'm done. You know, and he'll go in there by himself and I won't be in there. But then when he comes out and he starts telling me all these things that's going on, I'm like, you know, I go, what the fuck, man? It's like, really? I mean, you guys, come on. I we I prepped you and told you this is what was going to happen. And we're, we're, we're going around and it's to the point where we almost said, OK, we're, enough is enough. We're just going to figure this stuff out on our own mm -hmm. and, yeah. you know, go with it in that direction because it's hard to reach out to to get that kind of assistance because a lot of those professionals, quote unquote, they if they can't figure it out, they go to the book and then they, they find something yeah. in the book that sounds good. And then yep. they say, OK, here, this is the way it should be. And then they go back or, to something else or they use or their they own label personal you as beliefs. just like. Yeah. Uh, yes. That, so, and I joke. I I've joked with family members because I have a lot of doctors in the family, and I'll, I've my joke is, well, you only got a doctorate so you could pretend to be, you know, right when you get into arguments. Yes. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, That's a good one. That is. And, a good and it, I mean, you know, it's it's I. It, I say that with no judgment, but it's true, um, you know, because I mean, I could admit what I'm, you know, wrong, or I can just say, well, hey, you know, this is based on my experience, or this is based on my belief, but everybody has our own things, and in my experience, you know, doctors are more apt to say, this is what it is, or you're nuts, um, but I right. think, too, this is where it gets difficult, because what happens with a lot of people that have the experience that you all are describing with, with therapy or, or medicine, and then they'll turn to, you know, the, quote, energy world, and... Yeah. That's where I feel like a lot of times I have to back clean up. And I had a really, really big struggle with this, too, because there are a lot of um, – there's a lot of people that don't have the greatest of integrity or yeah. um, they don't really care what happens down the line. You know, there may be – they don't – you know, I've I've been blessed enough that this is like – I've been doing this for a long time, and I hope that I get to continue to do this. My plan is, you know. Um, right. And so I, you know, I care about my clients. I, you know, everything. And which that I is do, extremely I, I, important, I, by the way. So I'm really glad you said that. Well, thank you. Because I, I, but what I see happen is, and I get people that come to me and they'll say, well, you know, I've been to this person, this person, this person, this person. And you go, I don't know who any of these people are. It's like they, they kind of blip up on the screen and it's, they're like the people that kind of come into town and they take everybody's money and they blow away. Yeah. And, and I had a really big struggle because I'm like, man, I don't want to get lumped in with that group. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's a whole, yeah, it's just, yeah. It, but I think that's where a lot of people then turn to energy. So you have to also then start to really, that's where, again, it goes back to really going, okay, look, this is what's going on in my life. I know that it's very real for me. I know this is what I'm being told over here. That's not quite a fit for me. I'm open to it. I'm willing, you know, I'm willing for it because listen, medicine has saved my life. If you, you know, if you know anything about my backstory, numerous times I'm I'm not at all opposed. I know a lot of people in my field are like, "Oh, medicine's the devil, therapy's the devil, all of that." And I'm like, right. "Look, if, it may be, but it saved me a, a bunch." So, guess what? If I have a headache and I'm, you know, throwing up and all this stuff like give me an aspirin like that's right. you know i'm gonna look at the energy but i also we're we're blessed to live in a time where uh if my arm gets cut off uh i'm not gonna sit there and go well you know um it's gonna grow back um no like put it on ice and get me to the emergency room um right. but at the same time you know I, I think that we can take the mind body spirit approach and when we can really start to do that, but do it with integrity and really be able to look at ourselves with honesty. And, you know, yeah, there are some people that have, um, 
you know that 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 need mental you know help uh right. that that are but there are also people that like you're you're talking about some of your stuff where it's like when you can have that deeper understanding and and move mm-hmm. some energy yeah. um i mean i've seen it happen in my life i've seen it happen in in lots of other people where you get to shift it's just it's a it's just like i said it just goes back to being able to care for each individual that that's my whole thing is like i talk about divine love a lot when you can come from that space it's a space where you it's it's basically sort of like the hippocratic oath uh but it's it's you know you don't want to harm anyone else you don't want to harm yourself and you're coming from that space of connectedness with source that's my word for god because a lot of people have like you say god and they go to like oh my god i was touched by a priest i immediately right, tune out right. there you say yeah. Um, so, you know, source that's, you know, cause I was raised Southern Baptist and my mom's grandma was Pentecostal sold when she was 14 to a preacher. So there's a lot of like, they're like the crazy, well, I don't want to say crazy, but they're, they're the past the snake, you know, the, you know, so, uh, so I have a lot of that in my history too. So I'm just like, you know what source, it's all energy. I like the Einstein approach. So, um, when you get to that space, it's like, look, if I can just understand the universe from that perspective and realize that, you know. I am a part of all of it and really start to love myself and experience myself different. I can, I can really tune into that and I feel it and I can create new things. Um, but it gets back to that individual perspective of treating each individual person as a whole unit and not just like, well, this is what the textbook says and I'm supposed to give you this dosage of whatever. And if you don't respond to it, uh, let's just put you in a room over here and forget about you because you're a lost cause. Wow. Um, you yeah. know, there's, there's, wow. there's stuff going on behind <laughs> all of that. Yeah. And it, you know, and it's such, it, it's such a sad analysis. And that's something that we've always had to, um, recently had to come to terms with is, you know, yes, there are good therapists out there and good psychologists out there. No doubt about it. Fortunately, we haven't found many, mm-hmm. uh, if any. Um, but yeah. the, the thing of it is, is, you know, mental health is such a thing and a need nowadays. And oh, yeah. it's, it's turned into a need to a business and so you're trying to get through the the business aspects of it and find the one that works. And then the the really good ones that come recommended, there you can't get an appointment for months and to get in to see them. And then when the you talk to them and they're and it's like, okay, well, you know, how how is he like with the, for example, the therapist that he just went to, she's good. She came really highly recommended. The problem of it was her appointments are so spread out. And yeah. I told her, I said, do you realize this is complicated? And she goes, well, how is it complicated? I go, okay, well, you see him today, but then he can't come back and see you for another three weeks. I go, do you know a whole world can go upside down in just three weeks? And oh, yeah. she goes, well, unfortunately, days, there's nothing. Three hours. Ex- exactly. And I go, she's like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. And I go, well, unfortunately for you, it's just going to be another day in the office. For him, it's just going to be another letdown. And, you know, and that's sad. So, so I, well, you might, uh, you might resonate with this. I had a, an experience. Um, this was, like I said, I had the PTSD, agoraphobia, all of it. I had gone to, uh, a lake house and this was, uh, it was around 21, 22. I was in college and it was summer and I ended up dropping out after this. Um, but I went there kind of towards the end of the school year and I was, it was about two and a half, three hours away. I was so afraid to get in the car and drive back that I wound up staying in that place for six weeks. And ultimately, kind of looking back at what it was, I was afraid to go home, home being kind of a a metaphor for myself, Mm -hmm. because the the belief that came up for me was if I didn't know what to expect, I didn't know I was going to be okay. 
Yeah. And yeah. what what that meant about not knowing what to expect was um, there was a lot of the the turmoil and the turbulence in my past that basically said I'll never be good enough. Uh-huh. So so I'm abandoned, or mm-hmm. other people abandon me, or I have to leave. So I could never actually be whole with where I was in that yeah. space. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like I was always, um, I, I just you get what I'm saying. I was yeah. never, I was never, I was never together. I was never good enough. I never was, even though like people would say I love you, you know, all of the stuff. It just uh-huh. I never felt in my body. I was literally scared to death to be yeah. here in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I and I, it was like I want to go, I want to go, but I'm stuck. And it was like I didn't know how to get out of that. And so for me, the way I work with people, I, you know, um, one of the things that I, you can say I am divine love like that. But I use a thing called the creation formula, just frequencies, because a lot of us have stories about what we have to do or, you know, create to earn divine love, keep divine love, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make that kind of a mantra of feeling into what divine love is, but knowing that there's nothing you have to do to earn it, nothing you have to do to keep it. And I would even go beyond that of kind of going up beyond into sort of what I'll call your crystalline tree, which is other, how you experience your higher self and other lifetimes. Wow. <clears throat> what looks like that is, is I didn't, I didn't know this was coming and I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And part of that, um, I feel it in the knees there, which is our connection in, in your root chakra. It's the wow. connection to the universe and the masculine, and the feminine. And um, so that that kind of goes into some genetic stuff, um, but even this life beyond this life. And so it's kind of like a feeling of abandonment, um, but it goes in through source as well. So it's kind of like the first time we individuate from source. And I know this is getting kind of woo out there, but I'll just... No, actually, I, I, this is familiar, so yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's like, you know, we're we're floating in that space of unity, and then it's like, oh, boop, now I'm individual. And then it's like, Instead of being like, yay, here I go, it's like, wait, what did I do wrong? Why are you locking me out? Why are you exactly. kicking me out? Yeah. And so that's where, and so that's kind of what I feel there. And then what that creates is I have to give myself up so that I can create myself. And so if you're constantly having to give yourself up to create yourself, yep. no matter what you do, you're really mm-hmm. caught in a loop of always giving yourself up. So exactly. there can never be enough you to actually be there to get yourself on a coherent, cogent level of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I see that, like as a basic reading of what's going on. Does that wow. resonate? Wow. I went through like so much just by you talking about that. I mean, I amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> cool. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play it. We. I didn't know we were going to go into any of that, but I. I wanted to just kind of. Um, that the, there's one little thing that slips in right after that is you don't have time for me and you never will. And so that's sort of like, um, it's interesting cause it's actually like your little child talking to the adult you. Yeah. And so there's this little chasm. And so that's just that little place of learning to be the adult that that child needs. And then also just learning to be there for you now in, in whatever ways that means. Um, and there's that little fear that you don't know what that means and mm-hmm. it's okay. It is okay to not know that. And so part of part of what I would tell you is that to, to realize it's okay to not know. And if you can let yourself not know instead of resisting the not knowing, that kind of takes away a lot of the fight. And then you're like, oh, wow, okay. It's, I'm not instead of fighting the not knowing, going, ah, I've got to know, I've got to know. It's just like, oh, I don't know. Okay, well, if I don't know, I can... I can find out, but then that, that triggers back into that, you know, Mm -hmm. if I don't know, if I don't know what to expect, I don't know if I can handle it. But once we start to get that under control, so that's what I mean by everybody's an individual, like you can't, 
everybody has their own blueprint. Everybody has their own sort of stuff going on. So um, anyway, that's I guess that's a good example of how I kind of you know see energy, work with energy, hear it. It's just kind of like you know. That's that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You all, you mentioned this in the book, and I, I found this to be incredibly um, amazing at the one at one side of it. You said that um, you did an exercise with D. Wallace called "I'm So Excited." Tell me about that. Yeah. So this was so at the time I remember too. I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. But I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and I have clients do it, and I'll, like I can tell in their field, I'm like, you didn't do it. And they're like, I didn't. It, I felt like an idiot. Um, so <laughs> it's basically if you will let yourself really feel like, okay, like if it, because if you just won the lottery, like you're not going to be like, yeah, yeah, I won the lottery, cool. Right. You're going to be like, oh my god, I won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna you're gonna flip out with excitement. And so what we did was we had everybody write down. We were doing workshops at a little place over in Burbank and um, Spirit Works Church uh, across from Warner Brothers. And uh-huh. um, we had everybody write down uh, just a couple things. Like, I'm so excited. And, like, mine particularly was uh, I was just starting out in voiceover, and I was like, what would be cool? Like, you know, oh, hey, it'd be cool to be, like, the voice of a fast food chain. It'd be cool to be the voice of, like, uh, hey, Coca-Cola. So, like, that's what I wrote down. Um, and so I was like, I'm so excited that I'm the voice of Coca-Cola. Like, ah, I'm so excited. Uh, and like really got into it, like jumping up and down, getting my body activated, getting – because, again, like we're not talking about just mentalizing it. We're talking about actually being able to feel it, being able to like experience it. Uh-huh. And uh, pretty soon after that, uh, I became the voice of Coca-Cola for their Winter Olympics campaign. It was like all over Fox because that was like right when American Idol started. And so right. uh, that was their partnership. Um, so anyway, it, and I was just like, oh, hey, that, that's, that stuff works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's all about getting the energy. So, um, the first thing that I've started doing with people is lately is like, and this is what I talk about a little bit in the book is, uh, be excited about seeing yourself and knowing yourself and loving yourself. Cause a lot of times people will jump right to like, I'm so excited. I'm a billionaire. And it's like, okay, mm, but here's the deal. Your energy field, like you're trying to build the 20th floor when you haven't built floors one through 19 yet. And right. so if you will start with, like, what it is to love yourself and see yourself, and a lot of times people are like, I started it, and I cried within, like, two minutes. And I'm like, good, because you're you're crumbling all of the, like, the blocks that you've put in place to building the life that you really want to build. Because once you can really feel excited about creation, like, everybody listening, just imagine, because think about most of the time we're not excited about our day. We're not excited about what right. we're creating. We're not excited about the life that we're living. But just, just even if it's just mentally for a second, Imagine if, oh, my God, what if I was excited about creating? What if I was excited about the life I was living? And for most of us, that's such a foreign concept. We immediately go into resistance and want to pull the middle fingers up. But just, like, take that second and be like, well, you know, crap, what if I was? And right. so that's one of the things that you can, I recommend people do for three to five minutes a day. Just write down three to five things that you're excited that you'd like to create that are sort of within the realm of possibility for what you're – I won't even say realm of possibility. For me, it was like – that was the ultimate goal in my career, but that was within the scope of my career. So, mm-hmm. you know, within within right. the scope of what you're doing right now or what you want to be doing. Because, um, you know, I know later on I went into I'm a best-selling author. Well, that took like 10 years, uh, right. but it was something I was working, you know. And so just start to, to, to put those things down and really get involved and do it every day. Um, 
and make it a daily practice about, you know, feeling it and making it real for you. And, you know, not looking for the outcome, not being attached to it. That's where, you know, the monks will talk about attachment, detachment, all of that stuff. So it's not about, I'm so excited, where's my stuff? Did I create it? Did I create the stuff? It, yeah. It's not about the creation so much as the feeling of it, because when yeah. you can get into the feeling of it, you get into the vibration of it, you start to align with it, and it's just about, okay, like you're building the momentum, you're taking the steps, and you feel good, and as long as you're feeling good, you're in a place to be in, in inspiration, receive that inspiration, and take the action. Wow. Wow. Um, that totally just, I, I, amazing, amazing. And so you were talking about that. How do we grow confidence? So that's a really good question. Um, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that one either. So, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> like, ever said, how do we grow our confidence? So I'm going to liken it to weight training. So, you know, you start out and if somebody's like, I'm going to lift 200 pounds and they go over and they pick it up and they go, <laughs> I just threw my back out. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, you start off with, okay, I'm going to lift five pounds. And then you lift it and you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to do some reps. Now I hurt. Now I'm going to take a day off, take two days off. Now I'm going to come back and I'm going to try six pounds. Um, confidence is a thing much like empowerment where the universe will start to give. And this is one thing that I've, I, I want to, because people will notice this. People will come to me and they'll say, I, I'm very like shy and I'm meek and I, you know, I want to work on my power and I want to step into that. And I'll say, okay, cool. Let's start right. working on that. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, I don't know what happened. Like, I feel like everybody's starting to bully me now. And da, da, da. And I'll be like, no, no, what's happening is you said you wanted to step up and speak up and be empowered. Wow, okay. And the, un and the universe is coming to you and saying, hey, here's, here's a little uh, opportunity to now stand oh in your my. power and speak wow. your truth mm -hmm. and yep. work, exercise that muscle. And so that's kind of how confidence works. You start to you move a little bit forward, and you, you overcome. I don't like overcome because that kind of is a dualistic kind of duality word. But it's like you, you kind of climb that little peak, and you go, wow, I did it. And then you go, okay, now I know that I can do that for myself. Let's see what else I can do. And so it, that's where you realize that creation is an action kind of a thing. And a lot of us have this idea that creation is just this escape. So that's where we get into, like, freedom. For most people, freedom has this, this energy of freedom is an escape, right? Like, freedom right. means I get to escape my life. Like, if, when you say, what do you want? They go, oh, I want money. Well, why do you want money? And they go, because then I could just leave my life behind. Well, yes. money is an expressive energy. It's not uh -huh. a, an escape energy. It's an expression of who you are. So if you're trying to escape, that's not really freedom. Freedom is the ability to do and create whatever you want to create and do in the moment of now. So if, if you're holding freedom as an escape energy, you're really kind of just staying on the cycle of needing to escape and bringing more of that into your life. So again, the universe, kind of that call and answer will be like, well, here's some more stuff. Go ahead and escape because that's your definition of freedom. Um, so that's why you know I talk in the book about our belief systems and, and the things that – how we believe and what we believe. So going back to confidence um, – you know, people say, okay, like you asked me that question, I'll relate this to confidence. If you wanted to work on your confidence, yeah. um, one of the, well, a simple thing that you could do without requiring the uh, sort of, um, you know, being out in the world and having to sort of lift the weight. Um, <laughs> a very simple thing to do, especially with loving yourself, is, and this sounds kind of strange, but it was something that uh, I had to work with having, I was, one of my things was I was, 300 pounds in high school so I like losing wow. weight and, and like learning to like how I looked and not feel like a freak show um, was just like standing in the mirror naked and looking at myself and at first it was trying to love myself 
and then it was like, okay, I can maybe kind of accept myself. Mm-hmm. And then it was like becoming neutral about myself. And I mean, this was like a little bit of a process, but it was like just yeah. a couple minutes a day. And you don't even have to do it naked. Just look at yourself and just kind of love yourself, appreciate yourself. And the right. more you can do that, the better you can start to feel. Um, but that's one just little small way. But confidence comes usually with, um, I'll use the term achievement, even though that's kind of a, a sort of worldly term. Um, mm-hmm. But just little things that you can do for yourself that make you feel good um, and in that space of love that can can get you back to a space of feeling connected and remind you that you're worthy and that you're whole and that you are someone who is loved and connected and, again, worthy of that love, um, that's a space that can really help that confidence grow. And then the more you step out and kind of push your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll realize, like, oh, wow, I didn't die. The first time I ever did a show, uh, maybe 10 years ago, I mean, I think my blood pressure was so high, I thought I was going to stroke out, you know. And then, like, now it's just like, oh, you know, hey, I got, like, 10 shows. Let's go do them all back to back. You know, so it's, you, but that's how it works. You just kind of, you build up. It's, that's why I use the weight training analogy because it's, it's the more you do something, repetition, and uh, you just, you, you, you associate and you start to become, become one. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. With whatever right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned this in the book and I want you to give me a little bit of a better explanation. There is a, uh, there's a chapter in there about uh, family and genetic beliefs. Talk a little bit yeah. about that. So the best, the, the, the easiest way I can do is to relate it back to sort of, um, I'll use my good old online doctorate of divinity that I got a long time ago. I had a buddy from The Secret that was like, uh, you know, you need to get a doctorate so you can market yourself. And I did that. And then all of my family that like spent, you know, eight to ten years in medical school were all like, we fucking hate you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, that feels sleazy. I'm not going to use it. Um, but having, you know, I've spent my whole life in Christian schools and all of that stuff, um, going to the, uh, the idea that um, – I brain farted. <laughs> I just went blank. Um, okay, ask me again. Uh, explain a little bit more about genetic. We were and talking genetic. genetic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I, I was going to say. Like the sins of the father. That's what it was. Going to the biblical reference. Um, so, like you know, they talk about that in uh, in the Bible. Like the sins of the father are gen- are, are, are visited on seven generations. Um, that's not what I'm talking about here, but that's the best way to explain it. So, when people say things like, "Oh, they're just like their mom," or "Oh, your grandmother did the same thing." Uh, we have these sort of familial traits, right? And right. or that's what I'll call them anyway. Uh, so it's kind of like you're living in a house where somebody else's stuff is all in the drawers. And um, matter of fact, I'll look at some of what the genetic stuff is because I have those on here as well. Um, that was in my little my little thing that I pulled up earlier. Um, <laughs> so it can be it can be little stuff like uh, relationships, like. You know, um, say you have a parent who uh, philanders, and so how that affects you is you either uh, become sort of um, non-sexual, you know, like you have an aversion to sex, mm-hmm. uh, and, and may, you might not even know that they were cheating. You may not even know these things were going on, but you just find a place in your life where you don't trust people in your relationships, but it's because you were kind of sitting in that energetic stew with them, and that's been shared in the lineage. Wow. Or you find that you also have a propensity to cheat on your own spouse um, right. based on that energy. It's sort of passed down. It's, it's these sort of fam- family traits that um, we are, you know, breaking. When people talk about sort of like healing, you know, generational wounds or karmic wounds or ancestral things, stuff like that. 
uh, that's what that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the uh, the family and the genetic beliefs. And a lot of it, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is genetic religion. That's the kind of place where a lot of us have learned to suppress our power. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> we talk about the Salem witch trials and things like that. Um, but, you know, career, you know, you can look at, like, I, I meet a lot of people and they're like, man, uh, you know, I just, no matter what I do in business, I can't get it together. And I'll say, well, you know, tell me a little bit about uh, your dad. Oh, well, you know, he was an alcoholic, couldn't hold down a job. Well, what about his parents? Yeah, his dad, you know, died young in the war. Well, do you know anything about their parents? Well, they were immigrants. So you, you start to see this, like, history mm-hmm. of of where people, there's just struggle through the lineage. And um, so you, you start to recognize patterns and where things need to be broken up. Wow. You know, we could go for hours yes, talking about yes. this book. You know, <laughs> we absolutely could. But uh, before we start wrapping it up, I want to ask you about the Disney Channel. Yay! <laughs> okay. So, tell me about all that fun stuff. So, I uh you may still hear a couple things. I actually heard my uh my Target back to school commercial on there the other day. So, I uh I actually left the Disney Channel to uh promote the book, but for about 4 years I was doing all of their promos. And uh so anytime like uh, I know Liv and Maddie's no longer on the show, but if you heard like up next on an all new Liv and Maddie, like that was me. Uh-huh. Um so uh, yeah, I was I did all their intros, outros, and all the up next, and every now and then I'll still hear. I think they actually have the right to use rights to use my voice through the end of 2020. Uh, oh, wow. So yeah, I uh, I know all my friends with kids are like, God, you're in our house all the time. <laughs> uh, and if anybody ever watches uh, Tiny Houses, Big Living, I think it's on DIY now. I was I narrated that and. Um, I did. A, I had a redneck voice that I. I that's probably a pejorative. Um, I, uh, I had a southern accent that I used for a very long time on uh, CMT. So I do up next on an all new Thirsty Thursday. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I've done voiceover work for. Uh, that was actually what I. I moved out to Los Angeles. I was going to do entertainment law, and right. uh, that was kind of like I'm like you know what if I'm if I'm not going to die at that point I was like I'm not dying, so I still should probably be a lawyer to make money. But I want to uh-huh. do entertainment, and uh, I had a, a roommate from college that was out there, and he was doing entertainment. And I had the, the pleasure of uh, uh, meeting a wonderful casting director who wound up being the goddaughter of the late, great Della Reese, Reverend Della. Oh, and wow. Uh, wow. if you remember her from Touched by an Angel, yeah. and, uh, yeah. I ended up she, – she ran a metaphysical church, and uh, so I went to church with Della, and uh, it ended up my buddy uh, – Troy ended up being her commercial agent for a while, and now he reps like Scarlett Johansson, and <laughs> oh, wow. he has he has this whole big uh, entertainment company out there. But um, anyway, that's how I got into voiceover. Was I kind of lucked into it? I became the voice of White Castle. Um, really, wanted, that's like, so funny because yeah. I White Castles are good, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I never, never had one at that point in my life. Wow. Uh, okay. From, and they didn't have them in California, so but I, yeah, I, I think eventually, it's a, I think it's an Eastern thing. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of East Coast, Midwest, Chicago. I, yeah, I went to a wedding uh-huh. in Indiana and had it for the first time after the wedding, and I was like, "This is what I'm selling to people. This is amazing. I can what? really. Uh, it's delicious." We learned that there is a White Castle in Vegas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, holla! Yes. <laughs> big one in Vegas. We actually were in Vegas in um, in June or yep. May, I think it was. June. And he went crazy. We walked down the strip, and he goes, "Am I blind? Am I seeing this correctly? Mm-hmm. There's a White Castle." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh Lord!" 
Okay, I, I guess we know what dinner moment, is tonight. <laughs> the moment I got let go from that account, they introduced, I don't know if they still have it. Um, I don't think there was any kind of non-disclosure, so I think I'm okay with this. They had, because uh, I mean, that thing paid, that was a great paying gig. Because, um, uh-huh. you know, they're in like all the really good markets and you get paid per air, per market, like right. per spot. I mean, it was amazing. And they recorded like 40 at once. So they have to pay you for all of those. Um, they uh, they introduced something called the chicken ring. And uh-huh. it was it it looked like a little fried chicken butthole. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I I literally they had like the for some reason on that session they had like the uh, one of the higher ups come in from creative, and I could not I could not make it not sound disgusting in the commercial. <laughs> and I mean I remember after that I was just like they're gonna fire me <laughs> and they did. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is so wow. funny. So, yeah. Wow. Well, but, tell me about uh, some of the online stuff that you do. Yeah, actually, if anybody wants to try them out, um, at the front of the book, but you don't have to buy it, you can go. If you, Actually, if you just go to my website, I think it's up. Uh, it's J-A-R-R-A-D-H-E-W-E-T-T.com. Um, there's uh-huh. a little thing, I think this is like sign up for free meditations or something like that. But you can also, there's a special URL that if you just do the same website, jaredhewitt.com forward slash meditations, there's three, and there are three of my favorites. One is Release Everything. Um, Willie, I think you might actually really like that one. Yeah, There's yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. one called, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, it's Creating Your Ideal Relationship, but it's not just about like relationships with people. It's like your relationship with the universe and a relationship with kind of everything in yourself. Ah. Uh, and then there's one about money. And so it's kind of like the, the three kind of most requested, but it'll uh-huh. give you a real good idea of kind of um, – what my meditations, I call them energy journeys because I put them to music and every time you listen, you kind of have a different inner experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll give you a really good idea of kind of what, what the online work is about. And then usually what I do is there'll be a program, we'll have a set number of meditations, which is usually a lot. I like to kind of give everybody a nice buffet. And then we do weekly calls where people call in and I'll work with them uh, you know, on whatever they're talking about. I'll kind of do a little bit of a channel I say channel, but it's just like I'm just talking about what I'm seeing in the collective energy. I have a a blog that is like a special membership site where everybody can ask me questions like daily. Like one month I answered like 2,700 questions. Um, Oh, wow. So, I mean, I look at it like, you know, like therapists charge $200, $250, you know, for an hour. Uh, I figure, Mm -hmm. you know, I give it, you know, a whole 21 days and you can talk to me every day if you want. Um, So, but it's you know it, we have a really cool community. Um, usually, it's a lot of the same members have been with me for a long time, and anytime we get new people, they're very welcoming. And it's just a fun, nice, cool, chill space to learn about consciousness and meditation and find out you know who we are and why we are and what we are. And um, it's just fun to see everybody uh, kind of progress in their stories of like where they started and where they are now. And it's it's a nice thing because everybody's a different space. And so everybody can also say like, oh, hey, man, I was where you were, and this is where I am now. Because people come in and go, you know, I could never be where you are. And somebody go, you don't know where I was a year ago. You don't understand. I was right. exactly mm-hmm. where you are. So it's really cool to have that interaction, I think, with everybody. And um, Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a very personalized kind of deal, and um, that's just how I like to work. Because, again, I like to work like... I just feel like <laughs> I feel like what you put out, you get back. Yeah. Right. So like Absolutely. I don't, you know. So I want to do like what I would want from somebody else, and right. so that's that's why people have asked me like, why do you put like the kitchen sink in there? And I'm like, because if I didn't know what I know, like I did so many programs and spent so much money and got nothing out of it, like I want people to really come away with you know 
the good stuff. Of right. course. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we are definitely going to be checking it out. And I know Willie is. He's, yes. He's already writing stuff down. So, okay, I have the book. So I'm going to do this. You know? Uh-huh. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. And they can get the book on your website and uh, Amazon, I'm assuming. Any other uh, place it, they can get in, it? Yeah, it's like Barnes & Noble, Target, bookstores. I mean, it's out in all the paperback stores. Perfect. I don't have it on my website, actually, because the publisher is the one that uh, distributes ah, okay. it. okay. Uh, but yeah, I was lucky enough. It was number six. This also made my sister super happy. I said with sarcasm, it debuted <laughs> on the USA Today bestsellers list at number six in uh, psychology. And she was like, you're not a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I was like, but it's good advice. It's good stuff. It is. So, well, it is a great book. Yeah. And I can't say enough to, for people to go get it. It's called The Answer is Energy and it's worth the read. It is absolutely worth the read. I mean, we let me put it to you this way. We kept going back and forth to it. We stayed up to like two or three o'clock this morning going, taking our notes and and then talking about it and then going, wow, okay. You know, and it, it's such a very interacting book. Mm-hmm. Very, well, very you. much. You all so. would really like, so this was my last one. It was like meditation, Amazon number one, that kind of stuff. But it's called Love Life God, The Journey of Creation. Just uh-huh. from talking to y'all, you you I would say go check that out because it's okay. a much, we will. much, much, much deeper exploration of like what is vibration, what is frequency, what are we, all of that. Um, nice. Yeah, I think you'd really like it. So. Oh, we will. We will definitely go look it up. Um, but Jared, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes. We appreciate yeah, it. And, you know, we're yeah, going to be in touch with you. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you we yeah. are. So you, you, you. <laughs> You found friends for life. Yes! I tell that to every guest, but awesome. you found friends for life. But we, we will, we, Willie, of course, is going to go try out your stuff. I mean, we've been trying yeah, so hard. You know to what? Find and something. email me too. Let me know after you do the meditations. Be like, hey, this, I like this and this is cool. And let me know what you, you know, let me, let me kind of, you know, keep me updated on your story. Yeah. We will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Wonderful book. Thank you so much for writing it, putting it out there. Yes. Very well hey. needed. Thanks for the interview, you all, and everybody out there. Love each other, love yourself, and be well. Once again, you learn a lot from great interviews. Yeah. And the best way to change your life. Mm-hmm. I totally recommend the book. It's got some mediation tips in it and all kinds of different things. It's, it's an amazing book. Uh, the answer is energy. Yes. Jared Hewitt. <laughs> uh, what an amazing book. You can go check out more of Jared and he's got some online stuff going on for you at his website at jaredhewitt.com. That is J-A-R-R-A-D-H-E-W-E-T-T.com. That's right. And you can get the book there as well. A lot of great stuff, but we want to thank Jared for coming on the show. What an amazing time. Oh, it was such an amazing time. And we want to thank you for coming by. It's always exciting having our friends come here to our show every single week. Yay! Be sure to tell your friends about us because you can follow us on Instagram for all the latest Chris and Will stuff. At chris.ann.will. That's right. So... We are always so happy to have you every single week. Thank you so much for making this such a great journey for us. We really do appreciate it. We love you guys. Remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return. But for now, we got to go this week. But next week, we have another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for coming by. Thank Jared for coming by. But for now, we got to go. Bye. Bye.